Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. I'm just really searching right now. I mean, my favorite professor doesn't even believe in God. And my roommate is part of this totally different religion that's it's actually pretty interesting to me. And then there's my boyfriend who just kind of picks and chooses from different religions. You know, I, I always thought I knew what I believed about God. Now I'm just not sure. Well, the good news is it doesn't really matter what you believe, as long as you're sincere. I shouldn't even have to tell you this, but God never said that. I do believe that sincerely look like it hurt. You got one on your hair. That's hilarious. If you're just now joining us, we're actually in part four of a six-part message series called God Never Said. Come on, say it with me, church. That, yeah. Uh, what we're doing is looking at some common sayings that, that uh, many people believe is true in our culture that we live in, but in reality, God never really said those words. Um, and sayings like, God wants you happy, right? God wants you happy. Not really true, uh, but we say that a lot, um, especially when we, as Black Friday approaches. God just wants me happy with a 55-inch screen TV, possibly 82, just saying. You know, uh, sayings like, God wants you, you, God won't give you more than you can, what, handle. Ever heard that one before? No, that's not really true. It's not in the Bible. Uh, or uh, he does not matter what you do. You know, we studied that one last week. And, and hey, by the way, if you missed last week, you owe it to yourself to go back online and check it out uh, and just and catch back up. It, it was really amazing. James did a positive job as far as just communicating the gospel in that it doesn't really matter what you do. Um, and next week, I, hey, I just want you to have ears to hear on this one. As we begin to finish out this series and begin heading for home, um, we, we're going to look at our culture, um, where we're going to, uh, where, where we're going, honestly, you know, where, where we want to go, right? Uh, and how we just do anything to get there. And maybe God wants us to slow down and just sit. You know, we, we, we think we have to say, you know, we just, we just keep on moving faster and faster and faster. And people even say, oh, you got to keep pressing what? forward. And we even use scripture to, to make that message true, but I, I do believe that God maybe just wants us to sit and listen to his voice in a way that literally brings clarity to, to our lives. So maybe God wants us to just be stop and be still so we can clearly hear his divine voice, what he wants to do with, with our life. And maybe we'll see some changed lives happen and multiply in a very, very powerful way. But today, I'm going to look at some of the, the most relevant and, I think, intense moments in our culture, uh, and we believe into these lies, and I pray that by the end of the time of our time together, I pray that the truth uh, of where God does say some pretty important things for us today to take away with. And I'm going to tell you this, so um, it's, it's relevant in, in a normal area where we live in, the place we call home today, because I believe a lot of people say these things, and they do it wrongly. I believe so many people wrongly believe this, especially when, when my conversations, even this week, uh, over at the Hub, uh, I got to hear people, and I talk to people, and I listen, and you may even have said it, or maybe heard it, or, and, and maybe, maybe you haven't 
said it, but maybe you believe it in some way. And it doesn't matter what you believe about God as long as you are what? Sincere. As long as you're sincere. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere pursuing God. Uh, maybe it's your pursuing of your, your tithe, right? A lot of people think that'll give them into heaven. I'm sorry, you can write a million dollar check and you're gonna find out it's empty at the end of the day. Uh, you, you can come serve with a lot of your time. You were sincere with your time, but if you didn't have him here, it's not gonna make much difference. Uh, and maybe you, you, you trade in a little bit of your treasure or your, your talent, right? Uh, and, and it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. You might've been sincere, but it did not matter in the grand scheme of things. And I know it sounds good, but God really just didn't ever say that. He did not ever say that. And it just kind of feels good that our God is so big and so loving, right? And it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you're sincerely believing and you're here on Sunday mornings, you're gathering at least one day a week, right? Um, and picking up the Bible, bringing it in, getting your sticker for bringing your Bible in today. Good, good little student there. You know, we, we could actually call this the feel-good theology, if we're just honest, right? The feel-good theology. And I grew up with a feel-good theology, and maybe you did too. It just feels good when, when we're talking to people, friends, and we, we just say stupid things, and maybe this is one of them. When we listen to others, when we hear their heart and, and, and say, I, I know you're going through a lot right now. I feel like you're, you're being real sincere uh, with, with where you're at. And you're, and, but you know for a fact they're not being obedient to the, Bible, the word of God, right? Uh, biblically truthful, it's not even there. And, and, and positively, they're probably lying to themselves. And you're saying, oh, at least they're sincere. And you're comforting them, right? We, we say it's going to be okay. Why? Do, do we just we doubt the, what, what could happen if we bring Jesus into the room? I mean, into the conversation? Do we, do we, do we doubt? We, we sort of even say, we, we, we skirt around the issues of Jesus. We don't even mention his name because we're afraid sometimes to even mention his name. But God never really said those things. Uh, what about this? I've even said, I, I, I've, I haven't never said this, but I, I've seen this quote often because I've been to so many funerals in my life, and maybe you have too, but someone will pass away and, and a loved one will say at the, at the, at the head up there at the, the pulpit or the, whatever, they're, they're around the casket, and, and they wasn't much of a religious person, but he's in a better place now, Right? He's in a better place. And when grandma's looking down or, or whatever, uh, they're looking down on us now. We, we, we just get a better place now. Have you ever heard that? And you know, you know good and well that this person did not know Jesus. But we say some pretty weird things when we're in awkward positions. Why? Why? It's almost like we're, we're saying it doesn't matter what you believe in, right? It's almost like you can do whatever you want to, you can live whatever lifestyle you want to, but all roads, what? All dogs go to, come on, say it with me, heaven. Right, you saw the movie too. So everybody gets to heaven if we just live a really good life, right? If we help the little old lady across the street, we, we, we return our grocery cart during the winter months. You know, all the other things that you can think of, right? Come on, let's just be real. Everything's the same. It doesn't matter. All religions are basically the same. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. And then, you know, and culturally, honestly, in some of the younger generations, the more conversations that I have, I hear this more and more often. And I know I'm connecting with some center college students, and not to point them out, but I know that there's some, there's, there's some things that even they struggle with, and we've been having some conversations on the, on the campus here. And so that, that mindset's there, right? Come on, it's there. You can believe whatever you want to, you'll be, you'll, you'll be okay. 
And, and it's not true. God never said that. And I feel like one of the more the common beliefs in our culture today is it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. As long as you're sincere. What an incredibly interesting to me is, is in our culture today is basically spiritual, spirituality is not controversial. It's not. It's, it's not controversial to the believe in God. It's not. With public, any public speech, come on, even this week, any public speech that you've ever watched, I, I love to watch some, some news and, and just, and I check all the news. I don't care if you're on the left ring, right ring, I try to check them all out so I know what everybody's talking about. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I love to listen to public speeches and at the very end, they always show the end of the speech. What's the speech say? God bless America, Right? Now, if you're George W. Bitten guy, but you know, yeah, America. You know, you gotta get the sound going right. But it's just one, it's funny. It doesn't matter what you what you listen to, you you hear the word what? God. And at the end of a sporting event, people give credit to God. If they get a touchdown, I just want to thank God for giving me the ability, the talent, right? Or you watch the CMAs or the Oscars, Grammys, whatever you want to watch. Oh, I give all the credit to God, but then all of a sudden they go, OMG, 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 you know, they're it's really weird in our culture. We'll say God, but we don't ever talk about another thing, a person, a reality, uh, the deity. If you watch somebody on a daytime talk show or any news station that you can talk all day about spirituality and a higher, higher power of about who God is and what God is doing in your life, and there's no controversy at all. However, I've seen stations lose a perfectly good feed or they cut somebody off and they they come up with some kind of excuse when they bring out Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. As soon as they mention Jesus, it's like, oh, oh, we must have lost the feed today. Sorry about that. And they just cut the other camera. You know, have you ever noticed that? They cut this camera over here and it's just the weirdest thing in the world. You can talk about God all day long. You can talk about higher powers all day long. You can talk about religions, but you cannot talk about Jesus. And that's when things get really interesting, don't they? It's like when, if we could use an old Southern term, when rubber hits the road, right? What's mesmerizing to me is no one debates the existence of Jesus, though. No one, no one debates this issue that Jesus actually did live. In fact, even his enemies, right? Even his enemies aren't going to try and tell you that he did not live because they acknowledge he did. They're going to acknowledge all day long that Jesus was a very real person. What, what's also interesting to me that, that, that actually people, believe it or not, they actually love his teachings. His teachings are solid teachings. I mean, we say things all the time. And what, we say things like this. Even we see it in movies and we see it everywhere. We, we see the truth shall set you free. Yeah. We see that all. Well, guess who said that one? Jesus. Yeah. John, he said it right there. Came right out and said it. He said, man, the truth will set you free. By the way, I am the truth. Why don't you know that one? All right. Let's be honest. Find me someone who truly would argue with his teachings. Help the poor right? Love others. Be generous, you know. Forgive those who hurt you. I mean, his teachings for the day and time are unbelievable. Even for our day and time, they're really unbelievable. If we could just get around these basic core concepts, I think we have a better place. But even if you hate Christianity, it's virtually impossible to hate the teachings of Jesus. So his cynics, right? 
don't debate his existence. They don't debate who Jesus is because it's, it's, it's really, really, really hard to question the power and the beauty of his teachings and how we have so much evidence of where he taught and how he taught. And, 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 and I love this one, how so many copies of what is taught is continued to be distributed around the world and preserved. It's amazing. Why is it? Why is it that so, so by, I mean, everybody, so many people get so upset when we mention Jesus? The answer fails basically in, in, in every exclusive claim of who Jesus is when, when it's an exclusive claim of Jesus that gets everybody upset and bent out of shape. When, when you start going down exclusively that Jesus is my Savior, oh, it gets people bent out of shape. In fact, it's, it's a very direct in Scripture in John 14, 6, when Thomas, one of the disciples, didn't know where he was going, and he was looking for direction, and he was talking to Jesus in a very clear way. And I find it very interesting that we struggle with this verse today in our culture. And Jesus said, hey, how, how do we know where we're going, you know? And Jesus just answers them. He answers them profoundly, quickly, and he just says, spot on. And he says, I, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And then Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. There it is. That sets Jesus apart from all other religions of faith. It's that exclusive claim that he is the way to the what? Father. To the other side. To heaven. And Jesus said, I am the way and I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Either that's the most narcissistic conversation piece ever existed, or it's the truth. And I, I think it sets Christianity apart in a massive way. So today, what I, what I want to do is respectfully have a conversation with everybody and those listening online about other religions, and we have to acknowledge that other religions are out there, no matter what you believe, right? There, there are some truths and, and maybe some beauty and sincere devotion in different world religions. I think we have to go down that road and, and to really evaluate where we're at with our faith. However, if, if we look at all the different religions, there can be some similarities. And I think we need to take into account of that. But they're also not all the same, Right? We have to acknowledge that. We have to evaluate that, and we have to bring it to full front and center. There may be some truth and beauty in some of those religions, but they are definitely not all the same when it comes to a conversation piece found in John 14, 6, where it says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So let's just take, for example, this morning. Let's look at Buddhism, right? Um, for example, that has no God, just got Buddha, Buddha, all of Buddha right? Buddhism has no final type of existence, right? What a Buddhist would believe in is countless rebirths. I don't know if you believe in that, but that's ah, kind of painful. Um, but we are reborn, right? And then we die and we're reborn again, right? And, born, and it's just and it's this pathway to heaven. And eventually we end up in a cycle of rebirths and, and, and we find our way to, you know, this little pathway leading to Buddha. And we feel good about ourselves, to feel good, Right? Now, this summer, God worked on me a little bit, and after reading some, some Buddhism and a little thought I love to study, I thought to myself, 
I started investigating my own walk and starting to look into Jesus. And I, this, this came up to me. And so you got to have to put your thinking cap on for a second to, to get this one. It might be the worst joke ever told, but okay. Uh, if, if one claims to follow Jesus but never moves, he's going to end up like Buddha. Some of you are still not getting it, but that's okay. It'll come to you, I promise. But if you follow Jesus and you serve others and you love God to the point of death, you'll look differently. You'll look like Jesus. And so you really need to put that into concept. One's about self-absorption and one's about self-serve. I mean, just serving to the point of death. Hinduism. Hinduism is a little different. And after visiting a Hindu temple, uh, and now you're like, man, what kind of pastor is this? Well, you know, I like to study. And so, but I got to go check this place out in, in Nashville. And this place is a huge Hindu temple. And I, I, I was down there for a day and I just learned a lot about the faith and, and learning more and more about their faith. Hinduism has a, 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 an impersonable God that is approached through deities or statues or idols. And you go up and you start dropping all these coins or money or dollars or fruit or whatever you got into all these things, man. It was, it's just kind of crazy. It's very, very different. Um, Buddhism and Hinduism, they do not offer forgiveness of sins or supernatural help. They only offer karma. In other words, if you do bad things, then bad things are likely to happen to you. Karma, get it? Uh, karma, if you do good things, and good things might come back to you. If you do bad things, you know, it just goes back and forth and back and forth. And here's the funny thing. Karma's not found in the Bible, but I've heard so many Christians even say, oh, it's just karma. What are you? Come on. It's not in the Bible, but you, the culture has infiltrated your faith, and you say words like this. I'm like, golly molly, come on. This is not even in the, Jesus never said this. This is just culture, right? And I was amazed when I was at the temple, and I asked the way, how they pray and how they do some blessings. And, and I really was asking one of, the, one of the guys there, the leaders, one of the priests there. And I, I was really just asking a lot of questions, probably way too many questions, I, but I just want to know. Um, and I ask maybe some stupid questions, and maybe at times, sometimes I ask inappropriate questions, but I just want to know. I want the truth, right? Because uh, the truth will set you free. So, you know, maybe he got a little dose of truth, but for whatever reason, I was bold enough to ask this question, and I asked him, I said, um, so, you know, how do you like, you know, how do you do these prayers of blessings? You know, how do you pray over things? And he said, well, you know, when I pray, uh, if you have something that you need to be prayed over, it's, it's like a sort of a fee, and I, I bless it, and I, and I pray over it, and I start, I'm starting to think, and I say, so, and so how do you predetermine this? How, how do you, and he's like, well, it's just different. It's, it's, it's set for different. And so, uh, and I said, well, let's just give an example, like a car or something. And he said, well, okay, so like if a person has like, um, you name the car, like maybe it's a Kia, not, you know, determined. But if it's Kia versus a Beamer, a little different, and I'll charge maybe $25 over here, $250 over here. I was like, so it's predetermined on what kind of car comes in here. And my, my, my radar just goes off, right? I'm just like airbag, you know, and I'm just sitting there, just listen to him, explain to me how he does this. And I said, so say for example, the people in the Beamer come up here and they pay whatever money. He's like, yeah, whatever money. And I said, you know, and then immediately they walk out and not walk, they drive out and they get hit by a semi in your parking lot. And I said, what happens with that? Is your, your prayers are blessing? Are they for naught? Or I mean, what, what is it? He goes, bad karma. I said, bad karma, nothing, bad refund coming at me. And he said, what? I said, uh, maybe we need to go stand out in the sun. I, you know, I, I was trying to reword my words. I, I said, we just need to go step out in the sun. And that, that was the moment when they, they ushered me out the door. And I, I said, it's been nice learning this morning. Uh, but, you know, I was just blown away, you know. Uh, and I learned a lot that day. 
Uh, it's probably not for me. Um, but let's just look at Muslims, right? Let's look at Muslims. And Muslims worship who? Allah, right? Uh, who is a, a personal God to them? Um, however, there are no secondary gods, and, and, and there is a total ban on idols unlike other religions. Uh, you are in a standing with, with Allah if you are a Muslim with God, and it depends on your religious devotion. Check that word out, though. And your works. What you do here on earth allows you to gain access and understanding of heaven with a lot of perks, right? If you know what I'm talking about. It, it, if what you do on here gains you spiritual authority in the next life. Works. Let's just use new age. This is really popular right now. It's going around in a lot of parts of the world. New age beliefs, uh, there's no personal gods. They're, they are all going to believe most often in a higher power, uh, consciousness, or wanting to maybe uh, be one with the cosmos or the universe, almost like universalism, but it's not. It's kind of weird, but it, it's, it's, a, it's a new culture thing that a lot of people are getting into and just, okay, everybody's good, and it's just... You know, I'm not going to say a, t- a certain type of group of people is doing this, but it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's the new thing, right? And that leaves us with a lot of other religions out there, but let's just focus on one more. What about Christianity? Christianity has a personal God that exposed to us through the love of God's son, Jesus. He offers the forgiveness of sins. It's not based on religions or efforts, or, or is, but it's based on God's goodness, We have to acknowledge, although there may be truth and beauty in all the different religions, they are all not the same. When some some say it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you are sincere, I really believe it ticks God off. I really believe it. It just he shakes his head and goes, You don't know the love that I have for you yet. You don't know the love of, of the one that I sent to change everything. My only son through everything changed. I believe in an objective way that if you really look at this and evaluate, you have to learn and you have to lean in and, and see that, that first thing first, uh, that God did set things in motion. He sent his one and only son to us to do one thing, to build something. And I'm going to share that here in one second. And I think it's the one thing that changes everything. And what I want to do with my time left is very simple, to tell you to acknowledge that, yes, I am a follower of Jesus. And so if, if you're not listening and, 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 and you're, you know, I, I guess I am, I am biased, right? I, I am biased to what I believe. And so I would just ask for you to give me five minutes here, and I'll tell you why. But, but for now, we'll start right there. I'm a follower of Jesus, so I might be a little biased, but he's changed my life. And what I want to do with this is I want to look into just a little bit of, uh, objectively of my own life, but also to some of the, the realness that's come from Scripture and to put it into application to where I walk and how I believe and how I, I follow Jesus. And I hope you'll consider that as well. And no matter what you believe, I will respect and what, what you believe. And I ask you to respect what I believe. I am simply going to ask you to consider Jesus. And if you say you're a follower... Think about it in a way that could change the trajectory of where the finish here on earth looks like for you if you really put Jesus at the center, if you consider Jesus. So first, I'm not going to ask you to consider our church. I'm not. I know that sounds horrible, and some of you are like, what? I, it's a good church. It really is a good church. I, I think I believe 
that God's going to do some great things, but I don't want you to consider this church because a church is, is not a perfect place. We were full of imperfect people that were trying to do our best to serve God. And if you want to join that, then you're more than welcome. But a lot of people look at it as a perfect place and, and they get let down all the time. So I don't want you to consider a church. I don't want you to consider a denomination because denominations is not what Jesus came down here for. It was for so much more. Um, Christians fight all the time what's right and wrong. Um, who's got the right belief and who's got the wrong belief. And, and I grew up even thinking, and I grew up in, in a world of, of Baptists, and, and I was taught when I grew up that everybody else is going to hell because the Baptist was the only way right. And I, I, that's just the faith that I came out of, and I was just like, wow. As I learned a little bit more about Jesus, I, that's, that's totally inaccurate. And so for me, I, I'm not going to ask you to consider a denomination. I just want you to consider Jesus. I'm not even asking you to consider to follow Christianity. Now, now you're like, whoa, okay? I know that one stings a little bit for Christians, but think about this. I've seen people call themselves Christians and go out there and do something really radically different than what I believe in, all right? And really radically different than what the teachings that I follow because it's not found in the Bible. I'm going to argue, though, that Jesus did not come to start a religion. He came to start a relationship, period. If you hear nothing else today, I want you to hear that. Jesus did not come to start a religion. He came to start a relationship. Jesus actually came to reveal his love uh, through God uh, for those who need a savior. And let's just be honest, we're all desperately needing a savior in this world. So I'm not going to ask you to consider Christianity. I'm going to ask you to consider the behavior of those who call themselves Christians. Uh, They're all types of Christians, but only a few, I believe, really truly follow Jesus. And I am asking you today to consider Jesus Christ. I want you to consider Jesus and then decide what you think is actually true about faith, eternal life, and what true love really does look like. I want you to consider, I want you to consider the ministry of Jesus this morning. I want you to consider the ministry of Jesus Just consider the ministry of Jesus and and look at at Mark 2. Mark 2, if you're taking notes. Mark 2, if you're taking notes. Mark 2, 16 and 17, which summarizes why Jesus came in the first place. First of all, we see in verse 16, when the the teachers of the law who were were the Pharisees and and they were the religious leaders of the day, when, when they saw Jesus eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, right? The sinners, and then there was tax collectors, the low life of the day and time. They, they, they asked his disciples, why is he eating with the tax collectors and the sinner? No, no really righteous person would eat with that kind of person sitting over there. They are dirty, they are crooks, and they're full of sin. And hearing this, what did Jesus do? He said to them with the most humble heart, and, and, and I think he did it in truth and sarcasm. I love him. That's why I follow him. He said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but it's the sick. He said it, I have not come to call the righteous, but for the sinners. And that's why I said over here. He came for people like you. He came for people like me who can't seem to get it right all the time. Think about Jesus. To those who, whose other despised, he loved and he accepted. To those that were rejected, that religion rejected, Jesus loved and reached out to. Think about it. Come on, just some stories in the Bible, right? The Bible we love to read. When a woman was caught in adultery and all the religious people said, stone her to death, 
The law says she deserves death. Jesus looked at them and said, whichever of you has never sinned, throw the first stone. And then he looked around and saw what? No one standing. And he knelt down on one knee. He looked at that woman in her eyes. I can almost imagine he he took his, his shawl off or whatever he was wearing, his robe, and he laid it around her, picked her head up, and said, look around. No one's gonna kill you today. Go your way and sin no more. You are forgiven and you have new life. You have a life worthy of living, but you have to stay focused on me, right? Go and sin no more. Consider the ministry of Jesus and, and who, he, who he was and what he did Jesus' ministry literally touched millions of people's lives in a way that changed their life forever. He opened blind man's eyes. He healed deaf ears. He caused the mute to speak. Jesus touched lepers and healed them. Those who no one would get near, he healed them. He literally healed them. He also started off his ministry. He took turned water into wine, which is still a problem for many of my Christian friends today. They won't even acknowledge it. It's not grape juice, my friends. It was wine. Jesus multiplied the loaves. He multiplied the loaves and the fish to feed thousands and thousands of people, perhaps of women and children as also. He walked on water and he did the unthinkable. He, I mean, I think that the most un, 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 just amazing thing that took place in the Bible is, is knowing that there's a dead body, right? Lazarus, and he walks up, and this is like the, the crescendo of his ministry. It really is it, on that side of that hill, and all of a sudden, everybody's gathering around. They're following. It's like Jesus is a rock star, and all of a sudden, he just says, Lazarus, come out! Now, either this is going to be like the worst moment ever in history, or it's going to be an unbelievable supernatural moment in history. And he's just like, Lazarus, come out! He only said it once, by the way, and guess who come out walking? It was more like the mummy hop, you know, because he was all wrapped up, right? But he came out, and people went crazy. I mean, they went nuts. He just healed the dead. He's been dead for days. How did he do? I don't care, but I saw it. He changed lives. People were just, this is nuts, his ministry. And here's what's crazy. Here's the crazy fact. His critics didn't question the validity of his ministry or his miracles. They just wanted him to stop. They just wanted him to stop doing it because people will not want the government to help them out anymore, to help solve problems anymore. They'll just focus on Jesus. The leaders of the time actually saw the miracles and they just wanted Jesus, will you just please stop because it's messing everything up for us. And I want you to consider the ministry of Jesus because the truth sitting here today is some of you, just be really real, can we just be really real? The truth is sitting here today that some of you are, are a miracle of Jesus. A miracle of Jesus' ministry because you know exactly when you felt the presence of God, it's changed your life. 
and you're a direct result of a changed life that has changed lives. I've seen hurt turn into healings. I've seen hopelessness turn into hope. And I've seen lost turn into the found simply because of his ministry, even here at the loft over a couple years. See, I want you to consider his ministry and the power of the miracles of the one who, who didn't come for the righteous, but he came for the sinners. I want you to consider that. The one who didn't come for the healthy, but came for the sick. I want you to consider that. I, I'm going to, to go continue to tell you right now, I, I, I'm a miracle, literally, from the power of Jesus. I am undoubtedly a miracle because Jesus, because I can't do this without his presence in me. I just can't. Otherwise, it would be all about me, and there's no way that I can take the credit for what God has done just in a couple years. Sometimes it overwhelms me. Sometimes it just gets to me. Sometimes the pressure of Satan tries to trip me up, but I sit there and stay focused, and I literally listen as God whispers from people who need to be whispering in my ear, even this morning. You see, I love church. I grew up in church, but when I found Jesus, it changed everything. It changed my trajectory in life from wanting to be a pilot to surrendering, you know, my wings over to mounting up on wings like an eagle and being able to soar at a different level that changed everything for me personally. The bottom line is I'm not a better version of the old me. I'm a new version of the version that Jesus wants because I said yes to following him. I'm in a different position, I'm a different person. The old is gone and the new has come in my life simply because it changed me. I want you to consider the ministry of Jesus because it changes people. When you humbly roll up your sleeves and get messy and start loving on the least of these. And last, I want you to consider the thing that I think is the grandest thing of all because there's no other story like it anywhere. I want you to consider the resurrection of Jesus. You see, the truth is God loves you, but he hates sin. He loves you, but he hates sin. He hates sin, and that's, that's why Jesus is who was born of a virgin, and I know it's hard to believe, but he did it. He, he did not inherit the sin of nature of an earthly father. He was without sin, and that's why he could go to the cross to be, become sin for us. I don't want you to miss the power of this. On the cross, when, when the creation of everybody out there was mocking him, right? The creation mocking the creator at that moment when they had done their worst beating him where he was unrecognizable, driving stakes through his wrists and through his heels hanging him on an instrument of torture, Jesus looks up to God and says, Father, forgive them. Elohim, Elohim. That's what my Bible says. He's crying out. For they do not know what they do. And then he said, it's finished. Into your hands I commit spirit and the earth went dark you don't know the story I love it sometimes I'm reckoning some of my darkest moments and what we see on TV today it's maybe this is a glimpse of what it looks like when you see hatred 
just run rapid through the streets. The earth went dark and it trembled, shook. And the funny thing was, there's a guy, his name is the centurion, that's what we know him as in the Bible. He helped carry the cross of Jesus and he stuck around just to see what was going to happen. Not a believer, but looked on and said this. After this moment happened, he looks and with tears in his eyes, surely this is the son of God. Surely this was the son of God. And three days later, when the stone was rolled away, the tomb was empty, Jesus was not there, and Christians believe that he was raised from the dead. Peter said it this way in Acts chapter 3. He said, you killed the author of life. You killed him. But God raised him from the dead, and I've seen him. Now say you're sorry. I love it. Peter's always bold enough to say something stupid. (laughs) He did. Because he saw him. He marched right back into the people that literally killed him. And he said, I've seen him. You can't shut me up. I've witnessed it. It's changed my life. I got nothing else. Say you're sorry. You killed my best friend. You killed my savior. We are witnesses, all of us up here who are following him, we've seen him. You can't find him, but I've seen him. And this is what's so important because they were, they were eyewitnesses everywhere that was popping up like crazy. They didn't have cell phones or selfies with Jesus, you know, how that works, I don't know. They just had eyewitnesses that could not shut up. And they were over 500 of what the Bible says, eyewitnesses of people that were literally going around and spreading Jesus' alive and what's crazy is we still debate it today that's why I know it's true because if it wasn't it'd be over it'd be silenced see doubters and critics alike will say well the Roman soldiers probably stole the body right it's been going around for years we studied this in history listen to the enemies of, of Christ would love love to produce a body They would love to produce a dead body of Jesus to prove that he had not risen, right? Some people would say, well, the disciples took the body, so you're going to tell me that these weak links of culture are way down here, right? The last pick on the kickball team, really? Come on, think about this. I'm talking about the disciples. They were overpowered, elite-trained army Roman soldiers who were much like Navy SEALs, right, or or Army Rangers. This is who we're dealing with, and these dudes overtook those dudes? Not happening, I mean, those guys flex and, and, and the disciples fell down, right? Now, you still have the testimony of the Roman guards. Come on, put this into play. Who said they took, eh, they, they took it? And if you believe that, you have to ask yourself, do you really expect the rational person to believe that? I mean, because somebody eventually going to leak the truth. And then you have to think about the 11 small town, uneducated, average men, the disciples devised the most elaborate scheme in the, all the world in the history of all of all time, pulled it off and they kept it a secret. There was no one who knows so we could believe in it. All with no personal motives and only extreme personal loss, right? With all but one dying for their faith because they were eyewitnesses, come on. The tomb was empty. He was not dead, he was alive. 
Come on. I want you to consider the resurrection of Jesus. What blows me away is, is, is there is only one who doubted, right? What was his name, by the way? Come on, church people. Anybody? Who was it? Thomas, that's right. Thomas. Doubting Thomas is what we like to call him. And Thomas, I'm not going to, to believe unless I see it, right? Whereas a lot of people are today. I'm not going to believe unless I see it. And I'm not going to believe unless I see Jesus. And Jesus shows up and says, hey, Thomas, stop doubting. I'm here. Touch it. Come on, come on. There it is. Look at it. Here, touch my hands. Touch my feet. Come on, look at this. It's in the hole. It's like, a, you know, it's like body piercing. It's like I'm the, I'm the new hoop thing, you know. I don't, uh, Jesus is the original hoop guy, right? That was a bad joke because parents now are going to Jason. My son wants gauges now. But he did. And the, the only one that doubted became Jesus. Now think about this. Think about this. The only one that doubted Jesus became the greatest evangelist to India ever. Going to India. And when, when they asked him to renounce his faith, right? In the Savior of Jesus, Thomas said, who was a doubter, said, I will never renounce my Savior. <laughs> and so they drove a spear through his body and killed him. Why would he die for a faith that he once doubted? Because he saw Jesus. He saw Jesus, the resurrected Savior. See, I don't want you to consider Christianity I don't want you to consider Christians. Don't consider me. I will let you down. Don't consider our church who are full of imperfect people. You see problems everywhere in our, in our walks. Listen, I see, I see it. I just want you to see it too. There are problems everywhere. And I just want you to consider Jesus. Consider his ministry. Yeah, he came for sinners like you and me. Consider the resurrection, the eyewitness, the eyewitness accounts were telling that we're willing to die because they saw Jesus raised from the dead. And then finally, I want, want you to just to ask yourself to consider the eternal message of what Jesus was all about in the first place. Consider the, the message that came from the way Paul writes it, somebody who actually killed Christians in Romans chapter three, verse 22. And he says this, he said, we are made right with God by placing our faith where? By where we are made right by God, by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. We are made right with God by believing, by having faith in Jesus Christ alone, by putting our faith in the Son of God. This is crazy powerful and it's true for everyone who believes no matter who we are. How are we made right by God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ? No matter what you've done, no matter how dark your life looks like, no matter how bad you were or where you were last night, no matter how many sins you've committed, no matter how messed up your life really looks like currently, no matter if you've hated Christi Christians before, maybe you hate a Christian in the room right now, no matter how angry and bitter you are in your heart right now, no matter how dark your world is right now, anyone who places his faith in Jesus will be made new is what my Bible says. 
We are made right with God by believing in Jesus Christ, our Lord and, and Savior. And this is true for everyone, no matter where you are at currently, whether you're listening on the radio, whether you're listening on your phone, computer, or you're sitting here in this room. You see, Christianity really is Christ plus nothing. Nothing. Not Christ plus good works or Christ plus baptism or Christ plus church membership or Christ plus giving money. It's Christ plus nothing. It's not not only not Christ plus nothing, but it's also Christ plus getting rid of all your bad stuff. So there's a bonus and stopping having bad thoughts and stopping doing bad things and stopping saying bad things. It's Christ plus nothing. Jesus just says, follow me and then you will change. The world says do this. Religion says do, right? Religion says do, but Jesus said done. He just did. He said it's finished. It's over, Rover. I've done it. You're free. You just got to look at me. Follow me. In Jesus, we have the hope of eternal life. In Jesus, we are made alone. In Jesus, we are forgiven of our sins. In Jesus, old is gone and new has come. In Jesus, we are made real. Religion in our culture can be the problem sometimes because it's all about us. Religion is about me. It's how I perform. It's what I do. It's, is, am I good enough to measure up to the world? Is it, is it, did, I, did I get rid of all the bad stuff? Religion is about me, but I am not talking about religion today. I'm talking about Jesus who wants a relationship. You see, Jesus did not come to create a religion. He came for a relationship. He came to show us the love of God through what he has done for us. You see, the simple gospel truth is this. Jesus loves you right where you are. The only thing you have to do is to lean in and experience his love that can change everything. And my question is, do you believe it? You see, our God loves us so much that he finished the work on the cross. And some of you right now are going to say, all right, that's too good to be true. And I'm going to, to tell you right now, it, it, it's, it's too good not to be true because no person would make up a God who would become one of us and die in our place. And this is why it's called the gospel. It's the good news. It's the simple gospel truth. That's why it's called the good news for people to go share it and they get excited. You share good things and and you need to talk about this with people. And that's why Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, so go share it. Go tell the people what you believe in. And watch what happens. Because our God said it's done through Jesus. And if you believe in Jesus, it's done. It's settled. And you are brand new. Not because you're good enough, but because our God is that good to give us love that can change lives, that change lives. So consider Jesus. Stop saying all these weird things and put Jesus at the center of everything. Jesus, I thank you so much for the simple gospel. For the simple gospel, you came. You loved us. You showed us the way. 
and you allowed us to experience some really amazing things and you left some words for us to, to lean into and, and now you give us the Holy Spirit to feel something. And what I think is amazing, there's people right now that just literally are, are, are doubting in their mind, like, what is that feeling? Is, is it just a speaker? Is it just words? Is it just, I'm feeling convicted about something? No, 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 that has nothing to do with my words. It's, it's you moving right now in the hearts of people. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So God, as you're just moving, I'm just asking people to, to consider Jesus. To consider everything that you are and you had for us. And how you continue to change lives, to change lives. Father, that's my prayer that today that we just lean in and we consider you for everything. Not just some things, but everything that we go all in and we allow you to change everything from the inside. And Lord, that's what the simple gospel is all about. It's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. And Father, today, may the relationship start with just being obedient, leaning in, and following you. Lord, that's my prayer that people experience you today. In your name, amen.